hack into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Everybody, good Friday morning. How are you? Welcome to the party. This is September. What are we, guys? September twenty second, two thousand twenty three. This is episode number four hundred and fifty seven of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next forty five minutes, me, you, Usha four twelve, Divine Dream, Divine War Goons, Carrie Gabe Lister, uh, Marcus Kyler, the mods. All the folks over on LinkedIn like you, all the folks over on YouTube like the other folks over there, squad members, cybersecurity community members, long timers, and first timers. We're all going to be shredding through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories. <laughs> Excuse me. On what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize this knowledge uh, today or next week to deliver cyber risk reduction for your stakeholders? Or if you're looking to break in the industry, we got you covered. Because you're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current on the industry? This podcast, mwah, chef's kiss, great answer. And the networking is top notch. We got 350 on average people in here. We're looking to pump those numbers today, maybe hit 400. I don't know. I don't know. Another 1,500 to 2,000 on Team Replay. Team Replay, y'all are forced to be reckoned with. You're like the that that uh army that uh boromir called uh you know what like there's like that famous yolo uh animated gif where he's like yolo and it's like that ghost army i'm not saying team replay is a bunch of ghosts i'm just saying like the force is strong with team replay <clears throat> so holla i do want to remind each of you i do want to remind each of you that i do not prepare or do any research in advance of all these stories so you are getting my raw straight from the hip take on what this means. I love our industry. I love practicing cybersecurity, living it, playing it, sleeping it, and talking about it. So I've got I've got strong opinions on all of them. And we got a we got a wonderful community supporting all of this. So if there's something I don't know, don't worry. Somebody or some group of somebody's in chat are absolutely going to be able to deliver uh, some knowledge to you. Now, before we get into it, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, the ones who enable me to bring this 
this hot show <laughs> to you every single weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. We are live. Yeah, Brad Swenson. Team Jif, my friend. Team Jif. The giraffes love gymnastics and they love their GIFs. Feel me. Don't worry, Brad. Brad Swenson, I'll tell you what. Alana Boyajian, if she's in here, she is the uh, team champion for Team GIF. Uh, so you guys can get together for uh, a, a, a meetup, a support group for those who say GIF. All right, guys. Hey, Barricade Cyber Solutions. They're dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, Brad Swenson? Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Oh, no. Are we having more audio issues? Uh-oh. Wargoons is... Wargoons is... Wargoons is saying something. Holler at me, mods, if my audio is janky. We do not need janky audio to... Oh, there's Alana Boyajin. There she is in chat. I see you, Alana. All right. Hey, let me know if my audio is all jacked up. Uh, we had some issues yesterday. You know, there's no promise that the issues aren't there today as well. Now, uh, like I said, links in the description below. <clears throat> I also want to say shout out. Thanks, James McQuiggan. Shout out to Panopsi Security. Panopsi, get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and your business goals. Listen, guys, here's the basic deal. If you're just bumping along, maybe uh, you're in charge of InfoSec as a matrix role. Maybe you just took on a new job um, where you're being given a green field to build out a program. I know one particular individual who just got hired by a big pharma company to build out said cybersecurity program. So I know he's not watching right now, but if he were, Panopsi Cyber might be a great resource to call. They can look at your uh, industry, your budget, your threat landscape, what you've currently done and give you a current state and then most valuably give you a future state and a roadmap on how to get there. It's very, very, um, really, really valuable. It's straight up GRC. 101, by the way, and uh, Panopsi Cyber can do it for you. Links in the description below. Plus, just uh, in full disclosure, not that it, it, it's like needs to be disclosed, but like I'm an advisory board member of Panopsi. I know the people over at Panopsi, they are a fantastic group of professionals. You're in good hands with them. Also want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon Training, but more about them at the mid-roll. Guys, I got news for you. Today is Grayson's joke of the day. We do have a visiting professor who will be uh, doing a, uh, a round, if you will, a visiting uh, joke of the week uh, for a little bit, uh, our own James McQuiggan. So stay tuned. James McQuiggan dropping dad jokes um, like knowledge bombs up in here. So you'll want to stay for the mid-roll on that. All right, guys. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. So Joanna, Joanna Eberly, half a CPE. Scott B, a.k.a. Crinkles, half a CPE. Now, guys, half a CPE sounds like something you don't cross the street for, but they stack two and a half a week, 10 a month. So be sure to say what's up in chat, take a screenshot, file it in a little folder or directory if you want to get nerdy about it, and get those CPEs. Hashtag team live in chat. If you're live with us right now, let us know. Looks like the college semester's back in full force. Thursdays is the start of the college weekend. And our numbers are kind of low right now on a Friday. So it seems like our uh, our undergrads uh, got after it last night. So good on you, undergrads. Enjoy it. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. Um, if you're on replay, team replay in the comments. Reminder, Chris Weaver does timestamps on all the shows. And I pin it underneath 
uh, as a pinned comment, so you can go right to the stories if you want them, if you're pressed for time. And finally, before the show starts, if it's your first episode, hashtag first timer in chat. I love saying hello to the first timers. Welcome. We got a great show. Sit back, relax, and let's get into the news. It's cool takes on hot news. Here we go, y'all. See you at the it's mid-roll. Friday, September 22nd, 2023. UK launches comprehensive new online safety laws. Further to a story we brought you on Wednesday, the new internet plans approved by lawmakers in the UK will substantially impact large players like Meta, Google, and TikTok. It is being hailed as making Britain, quote, the safest place in the world to be online, end quote. In the works since 2021, the new law requires platforms to not only take down illegal content, but to prevent it from being posted in the first place, legally requiring companies to verify that users are of age. According to Security Week, quote, the law applies to any Internet company, no matter where it's based, as long as a UK user can access its services. Companies that don't fall in line face fines of up to £18 million or 10% of annual global sales, whichever is greater, end quote. Uh, Cisco. Okay, so a couple things, okay? A couple things about this. And before we get into it, I want to say shout out to Brent Hugo um, over on LinkedIn, guys. Brent said he got his first cyber analyst job this week. Followed all the YouTube advice, and it worked. Thanks, Jerry. My friend. Boom, baby, boom. Get on it. Get on it. Yeah, Brad, Brad Swenson. CPEs. Yep. Um, I think I think CompT is the only one that I found that doesn't, like, the way their policies are structured. But ISC2, uh, ISACA, those are fine. Um, I do not have uh, teams up. I don't know what the dinging sound is. It's not me, though. Uh, guys. Listen to this. Okay, so UK passes this online privacy law. Um, there was a lot around this one. Uh, there was like invasion of privacy type stuff. Couple things I want to point out. One, the point of it is to allow the UK to really crack down on bad behavior instead of like having it sprawl and take time and allow uh, for swift action and justice. Now, two things about this that jump out. Well, three things, okay. Three things that jump out immediately to me that I want to call your attention to. One, I love, 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 love the um, the penalties, okay? So typically, the penalties have always been like some some financial amount, like 20 million, 10 million, 5 million, whatever, right? This one, 10% of annual global sales. Oh, boy. That scales with the business. So if you're a meta, if you're a Google, 10% coming at you, bro. Now, that, I, I like that, okay? Like for me, if you're trying to use fines as a deterrent mechanism, right, as a stick, they've got to feel bad for the business, right? And we, we joke all the time, like Meta gets a, um, a GDPR infraction for like $24 million. And like, that's like mid-level management strokes a check and sends it, right? So it's not, Meta's probably making more than that by breaking the law with GDPR in the first place. You know what I mean? So like, the return on investment is worth it for, say, a meta to, to like, you know, maybe they don't even get caught, first of all. And if they do, it's like, well, we made $180 million, so like $20 million. What's that matter? Okay, so this one scales. Um, second thing, and BSEC is hitting on this, um, how they said anybody that is from a UK, a UK user can use it. So check this out. 
UK is not world police, all right? The, there's only one internet, and it's not pay I mean, it is pay-gated in some way, but, like, there's only one internet, okay? So if I create a social media platform called, like, you know, whatever, Flaming Donkey, um, you know, Hot Media or something like that, or I, I don't know, like... Well, I was trying to think of a funny play on OnlyFans, but, like, like only... I don't know, only, only, uh, like whatever, whatever, OnlyFans, Bandcamp, whatever. Just like if I create one and I live in Ghana, right, and it's on the internet, so what am I going to like, I have to say like everybody's allowed except UK people? No, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. Okay, so UK person gets on and I violate it. What right, what right does the UK have to tell me a businessman in Ghana or South Africa or India or Australia Maybe not Australia, cause cause Five Eyes, but I'm trying to pick countries that are independent. Like, like suck it, dude. Like, no, I'm not gonna listen to your fine. Like, you have zero authority as far as I'm concerned. To, you know, like if I'm doing business in the UK, yeah, you got you have uh, jurisdiction over me. But other than that, suck it. Like, suck an egg. Like, I'm not. What are we doing here? Like, you have no authority. That'd be like the United. St I mean. What does that even mean? Like, so in my town, if I get elected mayor, I'm going to say if any citizen in my town uh, gets violated from a privacy uh, rights perspective from any business, you know, why say 10%? Let's shoot the moon. 90% of revenue penalty, right? So like, what am I, I'm going to send Meta an invoice for like $25 billion and tell them that my neighbor had their privacy uh, invaded? Like, no, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's a funny dance, but, like, what are you doing? Now, the third thing, only cyber. Thank you, Dan Ketledge. Only, uh, I don't know, only donkeys be sec. That, that, that could get dicey. Okay, so check this out. The third thing I want to point out, okay, and we don't, you don't see this very often, okay? You don't see this very often, but it's important to note, especially if you're new to cybersecurity, whether you're, you're you know, a, a mid-career shift or, or you're younger and just getting in the workforce, dude, one of the things they said in this story is that Britain is publicly touting that they're the safest country online. Bro, like here's a pro tip. If you're ever a CISO, if you're ever a politician, if you're ever a CEO, do not ever, ever say that you're the most secure or that you're 100% secure or that hackers can't get you or whatever. I don't care what it is. Do not say it. Go Google the donkey who was the CEO of LifeLock who put his social security number on a marketing truck and drove it around New York City because he was like, your identity, your identity is 100% protected. It's impossible to have identity theft with LifeLock. And then he had like identity theft like 18 times over. Do not poke the bear. If you say that you're a CISO in a, in a newspaper interview, you say, we've got like next gen everything. B-sex man in our fort. We're 100% secure. Hackers better pick a different victim. Guess what you've just done? You have challenged. And pe dude, people in our industry, they like challenges. I don't care if you're a criminal or if you're a security researcher. We like challenges, intellectual, stimulating challenges. So, dude, Britain, I don't know, man. You may have accidentally called down the thunder. So be careful. Uh, just pro tip. And if you ever see someone do it in the news, you should, you, you should like, oh, boy, like you should pay attention because it's chances are they're going to get slapped 
uh, <laughs> very, very quickly. All right, let's keep going. What happened to my What happened to my Spotify? Come on, bruh. Okay, so I like lost my Spotify. Okay. Is Splunk. The $28 billion purchase is intended to boost Cisco's software business and reduce its reliance on its networking hardware business while taking on new security issues presented by AI technology. Cisco already had a partnership with Splunk and actually sought to purchase it last year in a deal that at the time fell through. The deal is scheduled to be completed at the end of third quarter 2024. However, according to Reuters, rumblings of antitrust scrutiny have already started. What? TransUnion denies breach. Dude, I don't know. I mean, obviously, whatever, antitrust. But I, I don't know. If, there's like, what are you talking about, dude? There's like, there's tons of SIM solutions. Okay, so... Here, here, here's, here's, there's a couple of things going on here. Okay, so first of all, if you haven't been paying attention, there has been a coagulation. There has been a, a convergence in the tech industry, right, for bigger players to offer a complete solution, right? I think, correct me if I'm wrong, BSEC, this is the dream of what XDR is, right? So... Cisco bought AMP. AMP was an EDR solution, okay? Cisco owns Umbrella. I think they acquired that too, which is like DNS, right? Cisco's buying Splunk, so they have a SIM solution. If you're not, if you're not familiar with all the terminology, basically Cisco is slowly accumulating all phases of a security operations solution, right? And that way you get one-stop shop, which actually works you know, better technically because then you have all the telemetry in line with each other and you can kind of feed it into systems and AMP can automate, well, Cisco, I think it's called Cisco Secure Endpoint now, not AMP, but Cisco can feed from its EDR solution into its SIM and all these other things, right? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So BSEC just said in mod chat, which I agree, like when they said antitrust, antitrust just means that Cisco would have a completely unfair market advantage if they bought Splunk. BSEC just made a great point in chat. Dude, Microsoft, you, you guys know Microsoft? They own Defender for Endpoint, Sentinel, Exchange Online Protection. Like, like Microsoft's entire platform is, <laughs> is a complete solution, right? So, I mean, that that's a perfect, that's like an easy thing to point to. Like, to me, antitrust is not, it, that's not what's going on. Like, ant, not to go way too off on a tangent, but antitrust is more like, Amazon, right? Where Amazon is using all the telemetry inside of its platform and all its data in its platform to know what products they should make Amazon basics solutions for and then offer like 10% less than whatever the competitor is. That's antitrust because you're, <laughs> you're, you're crippling competition by leveraging unfair asymmetrical information. Cisco buying Splunk, whatever. Now, what I will tell you is Two things. Uh, there's a joke in our industry. This is another one you won't get from a course or a textbook or something like that. But there is a joke in our industry that when Cisco buys your product, your product goes to crap. Okay. Um, Cisco bought Duo not too long ago. I mean, I haven't heard anything good or bad about Duo, um, but it is it is a joke. I, I I haven't personally experienced a Cisco acquired product going down or going south or going uh, lower in quality. But it is a joke. 
Uh, anytime uh, a company like Cisco acquires a company like Splunk, it isn't immediately disruptive or Google acquires Mandiant. It's not immediately disruptive, but you've got to remember, Cisco is not interested in like running two finance departments and two marketing departments and two like there's du duplicative roles and stuff going on there. So uh, they will want to save money by cutting labor and, you know, finding synergies stuff like that but that's what's going on the final thing i'll say is that splunk that's a great purchase splunk makes a loads of money right splunk is huge the reason splunk makes money splunk's like a drug dealer like it's free to get in and it seems like easy and no big deal but then like once 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 splunk's got its talons or hooks into you it's really difficult because they charge by amount or they used to at least in up until 20 2017, 2018, I knew about this because uh, we were a Splunk shop. They charge by data retained. And if you, most people, most people will just say, give me all the data and then I'll parse it out in the sim. But, but like if you're taking all the data, that's a boatload of data that you need to save. And that's what you're paying for. And Splunk, dude, Splunk bills are outrageous. What you really should be doing is saying, what logs do we need in order to be effective from a security operations perspective but that takes uh it that takes talent that takes like advanced knowledge that takes refinement and focus and a project right it, it's it's far easier and takes way less time to just say give me all the logs and i'll parse it up afterwards versus just give me these logs <clears throat> so uh you pay for it downstream though all right so that's what splunk is that's what cisco is i don't see an antitrust problem this will happen People who are running Splunk, you will not notice any impact it probably for a year. Okay, here we go. Suggests data belongs to a third party. A threat actor named USDOD claimed to have stolen sensitive data from 59,000 TransUnion customers worldwide. But the credit reporting company states that they found, quote, no indication that TransUnion systems have been breached or that data has been exfiltrated from our environment, end quote. They add that the information that the U.S. DOD posted to a hacking forum on the weekend likely came from a third party of some sort, given that, quote, the data, formatting, and fields do not match data content or formats at TransUnion, end quote. All right. Um, so two, thing, uh, two things really quickly. One, I see a comment in chat about from Danova, Danovan Price about the audio on Spotify uploads. CJ mentioned it yesterday on Team Replay. Um, ask me at jawjacking about the Spotify uploads in the audio podcast, and I will discuss it um, in jawjacking. Secondly, I want to say shout out and hello to John Hoyt. I see John Hoyt in chat. You can see right here. I've highlighted him right in the middle. Uh, do do be a, uh, friendly and say hello to John Hoyt. John Hoyt is an amazing practitioner, a good friend, and uh, it's great to see you in chat, John. All right, so TransUnion denies it was hacked. Guys, third-party risk management. You know, these large businesses, I don't care if it's TransUnion or if it's Cisco or if it's, you know, whatever, like a private business, like, you know, uh, you know, a B-Sex widget manufacturing company. Everybody in 2023, everybody like you and you and you, you're all using cloud services, software as a service, whether it's your email, something simple, whether it's storage, whether it's something more complicated, right? Like, um, like your uh, your your medical your medical record system is in the cloud. Whatever it is, 
we as a society and we as a business are leveraging cloud all over the place. So when you do that, you are basically extending um, security to that third party because your data is going there, right? Like, at, I know it's called cybersecurity, but if you're gray in the hair, it used to be called information security because we were protecting information. I could put my arms around my information and protect it, but when I take my information and I give it to a third party for business reasons, I can't get my arms around there. I can I can talk to that third party. I can ask them what they're doing. I can encourage them. I can put some controls that interface with them. But at the end of the day, they are now stewards of my data. And with that, there's an implicit extension of trust that they are going to secure it. And in this instance, yet again, a third party doing work with TransUnion leaked data. Now it sucks. This is another thing that happens. TransUnion did nothing wrong here except trust this third party. And because the third party got hacked or improperly, it says hacked, but um, they could have misconfigured a database, S3 buckets facing to the internet. Um, some jack wagon could have um, stuck, <laughs> stuck an entire copy paste CSV file into ChatGPT and said something like, can you reformat this? Whatever, whatever it is, some third party who doesn't even get named in the story made a mistake and TransUnion has to wear all the egg on its face. I've seen this. Ha I don't I can't pull an example right off the top of my head, but this does happen often where like the big dog in the room is the one that gets drugged through the mud and the third party uh, player who made the mistakes are the ones who get um it, like they don't get called out as much, right? And from a from a reporting and from a news perspective, if this story said like, I don't know, uh, like Medine G's uh, cloud service software leaks third party data, or excuse me, leaks data, that would not be clickable, right? That's not in 2023. That's not a hot headline that someone on Twitter is gonna be like, ooh, I gotta see this. But when you see TransUnion denies it was hacked, Everybody in the United States at least knows who's TransUnion is because they're part of this like weird credit structure thing that we have going on in the United States. So it's clickable, right? So it's a double-edged sword when you're a big dog. Uh, nothing really to see here. Again, best practices. Uh, you should absolutely um, uh, you know, be considerate about third-party risk management, GRC type stuff. Only give the amount of data you need to that third party, not all the data. That's another That's another rookie move. A rookie move or the business move, right? When you're doing, <coughs> when you're doing work with um, a like a third party, they'll be like, oh, just give us all the data and like you can just carve out what you need. And that seems easy and quick, okay? Going back to the Splunk and the logs thing. It's easy and quick to just give all the data. It's hard to pick out what data you need to give them for least use for them to achieve whatever the goal is that they are doing with that third-party service. It's hard, but it helps mitigate downstream risk if your third party gets hacked or breached or misconfigured or whatever. Harness launches Gitness to compete with GitLab. Down with the, the software platform known for code <laughs> deployment, cloud cost management, and security testing, amongst other things, is now launching a new Git repo to take on GitLab, GitHub, and Bitbucket. 
The Gitness open source Git repository and the Harness code repository <coughs> are intended to simplify the process and to be able to be run on a small virtual machine or laptop and uses AI tools for code reviews and other features. All right. All right, so GitHub is owned by Microsoft, you know, and now there's an open source GitHub competitor called Gitness or Harness. It's got AI in it. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I hate to crap on it. I mean, I'm not a software developer so much anymore. So for those who like manage their GitHub accounts, I feel like GitHub has such market share and it's so integrated into the way that we do like the way we do work right like nick nick ascoli over at fortrace like you know like he's like oh i do some i do my own programs and stuff outside of fortrace i'm like oh cool what's your github like i mean it was a natural question it wasn't like oh are you using github or are you using harness or getness you know what i mean like it's just it i, I don't know dude it would be really hard to unshake GitHub as like the repo. Um, but I mean, if you're doing an in-house software dev stack, maybe um, I'm thinking now, what are the use cases? Like maybe you want, you have a bunch of developers, but you don't want your code public facing uh, for protection and stuff like that. Might, might, might uh, check this out. So anyways, th this is more of a cyber program than a software development program. So interesting news. Let's go. All right. And now, a word from our sponsor, Hyperproof. Is your company scaling? Do you need to quickly add more compliance frameworks but don't know where to start? Hyperproof has you covered. Hyperproof is a risk and compliance management platform that can help you manage compliance at scale. With Hyperproof, you can quickly add new frameworks, crosswalk controls between frameworks, view your risk posture, and manage your risks all in one place. Visit hyperproof.io to get started today. That's H-Y-P-E-R-P-R-O-O-F dot I-O. All right. Guys, it is the mid-roll. Look at us. Like, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I love infographics. I love cybersecurity, obviously. I love infographics. And I love when we hit the mid-roll right at 830. It just slaps for me. It's like, oh. Like, it, it just, it like, it touches like an OCD itch. Oh, I don't, we don't get it every day, but when we do, like today, yes, it's going to be a good day, y'all. Hey, if it's your first time here, I didn't see any hashtag first timers, but I'm sure there's a couple creeping around. Hashtag first time, let me show you what we do on the mid-roll. All right, guys, if you're getting value from the stream whether it's entertainment value educational value or any value maybe the networking give me a give a give the community a favor and uh hit the like button guys hitting the like button doesn't doesn't move my needle what it does do though is tell other people on youtube who are looking for cybersecurity content that people who are looking at cybersecurity content like all of you like this program and it'll trigger the YouTube algorithm and it'll send it to them and that's how we grow the community. 297 of you on this early Friday morning, uh, maybe getting after it last night. Coffee cup cheers to you. We'll order a double, a double espresso for you guys when you catch this on Team Replay. So shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Penopsi, and Anti-Siphon Training. Guys, Anti-Siphon Training 
uh, sponsor of the show. They're here to disrupt the traditional training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone like you and you and you, regardless of financial position. They give their students their opportunity to learn skills, practical skills, practice what's taught from industry experts. Guys, I don't want to name the four-letter training organization that charges a lot of money, but a lot of the people that train at Anti-Siphon have trained with more expensive training platforms. So you're able to get access to those knowledge experts and pay what you can, including zero dollars. Use the link in the description below to go to Anti-Siphon Training Bookmark it and just go back and check from time to time. Guys, if you wanna learn how to use Wireshark, if you wanna learn PCI, they got it in here. You're studying for your CISSP, no problem. They got you covered. Love Anti-Siphon Training, love Black Hills Information Security, who basically is the umbrella over Anti-Siphon Training. This is a John Strand emote. That's the man behind it. Speaking of John Strand, really quickly, if I may, if you'll allow me to indulge, Simply CyberCon, the shirt I'm wearing right now, November 8th is 47 days away. And John Strand, the same John Strand that I'm just talking about, that I'm pumping the tires on, is the keynote speaker at Simply CyberCon. So see how it all, we're just one big happy family up in here, one big ecosystem. All right, guys, let me tell you about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Um, all right. Hey, Matthew Carter, for your first time, and Frank Ephraim, for your first time. Good to see you. Hey, guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, it's every single day we ask one member of the, of the community, and we it's like a chain, like we, we pass the baton. We ask one member uh, to take on the responsibility to post their cyber story on LinkedIn. If you would like, listen, if you would like to supercharge your LinkedIn feed, build your professional network with supportive, inclusive cybersecurity people, this is only if you wanna do that. If you wanna make LinkedIn unbelievably value for you instead of a distraction, go on LinkedIn, search for this hashtag. We are appropriating the platform. Use this hashtag and search for it. Connect with the people, comment on the posts. Connect with the people. It'll take you 10 minutes a day. Connect, post. When you comment, you're gonna get picked up so the next person's going to connect with you automatically. You're gonna blow up your network and it's going to be excellent. It's not gonna just be fake numbers and fake people, bot accounts and crap like that. It's really gonna be awesome. You're gonna see in about two weeks, your LinkedIn feed is gonna be dynamite. Costs nothing to do. Now, Sherry currently has the baton. Sherry was unable, as far as I know, to post. Sher Sherry's in chat right now. Sherry, we didn't see your uh, your chat, but if Sherry can tag somebody, and Sherry, we will uh, let you get your post at a later date. We'll work with you. The mod team and I will work with you. Uh, but we need Sherry to tag somebody, all right? So Sherry, please tag someone. And if you want that responsibility, that awesome, awesome opportunity, please let Sherry know in chat that you would like to do the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Finally, I wanna tell everybody that every single Friday is Grayson's Joke of the Week. We have a visiting professor, uh, Mr. James McQuiggan, who will be taking over the responsibilities in an interim basis while Grayson uh, goes and uh, reflects and does some, does some, um, some self self-reflection. So the Joke of the Week this week, 
uh, comes from James McQuiggan, and he wants you to know that somebody... Holy crap, James, is this real? Oh my god, hold on. Somebody stole James McQuiggan's Microsoft Office, and they're gonna pay. He said, you have my word on it, Jerry. I will excel at finding people. He's always on the outlook. All right. Very good. Be careful. James McQuiggan's Microsoft Office got stolen, and you have his word that he will excel at finding those people. He's always on the outlook. All right. All right. Let's keep rolling. Shrouded Snooper targets Middle East telecoms. HTTP Snoop is the name of a backdoor implant that has been used to attack telecom providers using, quote, novel techniques to interface with Windows HTTP kernel drivers and devices to listen to incoming requests for specific HTTP and HTTPS URLs. A secondary implant called Pipe Snoop, quote, <coughs> accepts arbitrary shell code from a named pipe and executes it on the infected endpoint, end quote. Experts at Cisco Talus have named the threat actors as Shrouded Snooper, suggesting that the practices employed do not match any other known group. They also noted that the two Snoop implants were seen, quote, masquerading as components of Palo Alto Network's Cortex-XDR security products, end quote. All right. Go oh, crap. Hold on. I hit the wrong button. Stay, stand, stand down. Okay. Um... All right, so a couple things here to, to dig into. Cisco Talos, as I mentioned earlier, Cisco, uh, like Cisco's acquiring kind of the entire uh, spectrum of SecOps, including Intel, which is, you know, how you inform what's going on, how you stay current. Cisco Talos is really, really good. I do consider them uh, up there. Palo Alto Unit 42 is also very good. I just dropped a link in chat that goes to this blog post, and it's worth... At minimum, it's worth having like a bookmark that's like InfoSec and then a subfolder called Blogs or Threat Intelligence. And putting the Cisco Talus Threat Intelligence there, uh, that would be really good. Uh, <laughs> uh, B <laughs> James, James, BSEC wants you to know that he hopes you the thief didn't exchange the software with somebody else. <laughs> We've got follow-on jokes, people. All right, so uh, basically uh, this is a... A, a persistence mechanism. It's stealthy. Uh, it uses uh, HTTP kernel drivers, apparently, and it, it goes over HTTP. Um, it can push arbitrary shell code uh, and execute it on an infected endpoint, which is basically what you would think, right? There's a C2 mechanism. Like, even though they're using all sorts of crazy words here, all you need to know is two things. One, there's a persistence mechanism on the device to allow threat actors to come and go as they please. And they have a C2 communication for it to be able to execute code as needed. Now, this could be um, take a screenshot, run this new malware payload, download more malware, and then run that. Attack some uh, entity using distributed denial of service. Like, whatever, okay? When, you, when a threat actor owns a box, they own a box, period, end of story. What is uh, finally interesting, I guess, um, really quick, if you're a practitioner operating in the Middle East, you should... Um, and telecommunications in the Middle East, th this should definitely be on your radar. Obviously, there's a heightened activity around a threat actor targeting those. I know that's pretty pretty specific, right? James Driscoll, perhaps, telecom, Middle East. Um, the only other thing I want to point out here is that it goes over HTTP and HTTPS, right? Um, oh, ChatGPT talking about entertaining jokes, guys. <laughs> We might have to have a special Microsoft Office uh, lulls 
jawjacking session here. Uh, James McQuiggan has started a movement. Um, so anyways, I just want to point out that when you, threat actors like to send traffic over HTTP and HTTPS, port 80, well, actually, what the hell am I? Sorry, Kennedy. Threat actors like to send it over HTTPS. Port 80 is not going to do too much for you because uh, you'll be able to see what what the data is because it's not encrypted. But port 80 and 443 is always going to be allowed outbound out of any organization unless you're like a military installation or, or like you're like in the inner ring of the Pentagon, right? Because, you know, as mentioned earlier in this episode, third parties make software. Businesses love software. They can scale up. They don't have to pay for infrastructure. It's cheaper. CFOs love it. We live in a world where we're interconnected with the cloud. That's all there is to it. So you're not going to cut off HTTP traffic out to the internet. And threat actors know this. So they know that that communication pipe, right? That road, that highway out of your organization is always going to be open, right? It's never going to be, you know, closed for construction. So they go across that, and with 443, it's encrypted, right? So they know that you're not going to be able to analyze the data inside the packet. All you're going to be able to see is the destination IP. And then if you start routing it through proxies and stuff, right, you reroute it through Friendster, you bounce it off satellites, you're not going to be able to see what where it's going, and threat actors know that. So just be mindful, like, I just especially if you're new here or you're new to the industry, like, this is a technique that threat actors use because it can hide in the noise. It's always going to be open. And it's, uh, the data is encrypted. Okay. 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 <laughs> Google's Bard chatbot can now find answers in your email or on your drive. A new development in the fast-changing world of AI search is Google's Bard AI chatbot, which can, quote, find and summarize the contents of an email or even highlight the most important points of a document that you have stored in drive, end quote. As an opt-in feature, Google emphasizes that it will not use the data it finds to train BARD. Users can initiate a search within Gmail by using the at sign and mail, as in at mail, or just use the words, check my email. This new feature will also connect with Maps, YouTube, and Google Flights by default. All right. Well, <laughs> well, I guess it's, it's over. <laughs> it sucks. It's over. Uh, okay, here's the deal. When I read, when I read this, can now find answers in your Gmail. That's what they're selling you, right? Hold on, let me get my, let me get my speculative hot take hat on. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, yeah, they can help you. Hey, when's my flight? Yeah, they can help you find your data. But guys, they can help other people. I'm not saying that they're going to let other people into your email, but dude, there's so much data there. They have a profile on you. And if they can use AI to, I mean, they've always been able to access your email and your docs and stuff like that. But if they can use AI to, you know, faster, um, there's so much value there for selling to data brokers. Imagine if you will, imagine if you will, like I'm just making this up, okay? Like on the fly, shooting low on a hip on a train bound for glory. Listen, imagine if, oh yeah, by the way, Shall we play a game? I love Cat GPT. I always try to play that one. Listen, imagine if you will for a minute, you are kayak.com or Expedia or whatever, right? Or or your uh, Delta Airlines, right? Let's you know stick with that. Wouldn't it be nice to know 
right? Like you only know when people are searching on your platform or tr or purchase flights on your platform. Wouldn't it be nice to know you could use, you could pay Google for this data, right? Wouldn't it be nice to know what people's email conversations look like around deciding whether to fly Delta or American Airlines, right? You can get sentiment. Oh, there's a lot of negative sentiment towards American Airlines in this region of the country. Well, perhaps we should improve operations at LaGuardia or Chicago O'Hare or whatever. Okay, so that sounds like righteous. Well, what about this? Like, what if it's like, oh, Delta wants people's, like, give me sentiment around pricing of flights. Oh, like, you know, a lot of people are searching for flights and talking about flights and then deciding to go in a different direction, like drive or fly a different airline or whatever, because it's just a little too expensive. Or, hey, I would have paid a lot more, right? So, so you can begin to weaponize it from a marketing and a business revenue generation standpoint to maximize your profits because you have insights into the privacy and the private conversations of individuals, right? Just a thought, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, that was like a silly little example that I just came up with on the fly. But but I think I think philosophically, my underpinning of the concern and how that data could be weaponized is true. And by enabling Bard into it, essentially what you're allowing you're allowing me to search my email. But you're also you're also making it way easier and way faster. And frankly, you could sell this as a different product. So instead of selling data, wholesale data to data brokers, and they have to ingest it and massage it and enrich it and all that other crap, imagine if you will, you just provided a search bar and allowed marketing teams to search. And it goes over all of the data using Google's compute infrastructure, all of the data in Google email, in Google Mails, right? Or in Google Docs, right? You're not gonna pull back my specific email to my wife talking about some upcoming travel plans, but some meta, maybe, you know, anonymized, anonymous, uh, aggregated data could come up. I don't know. I, I'm just like, I, maybe I'm going too long on this one. And then obviously I, I don't know if this is what Mark Lauterbach was talking about, but like, if you're starting to have dissent around, uh, political, political, you know, presidential elections coming up, hotly contested, you know, maybe you start weaponizing it the way Cambridge Analytica did as far as swaying public opinion and stuff like that. What kind of triggers get people emotionally charged? There's, it's, ooh, yee. Gold Melody sells compromised access to ransomware groups. SecureWorks Counter Threat Unit has identified the group as Gold Melody, while CrowdStrike calls it Prophet Spider, spelled P-R-O-P-H-E-T, Spider, and Mandiant calls it UNC-961. The group is identified as financially motivated and has been active since 2017. SecureWorks says the group, which has an extensive rap sheet, quote, conducts a considerable amount of scanning to understand the victim's environment. Scanning begins shortly after gaining access, but is repeated and continued throughout the intrusion, end quote. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Australian pizza. All right, here's the deal. Gather around, everybody. This is Economics 101, okay? Economics 101. You want to sell something, right? You want to sell a product. You want to sell a service, whatever. You wanna start your own business. By the way, starting in January, uh, I'll be launching a new podcast called Cyber Starters, which is about 
uh, the intersection of cybersecurity and entrepreneurship. Just a little teaser that will be coming. But Economics 101, find a problem and then solve it. And the people who have that problem will pay you for that service or product. This instance, right? Initial access brokers. In the world of cybercrime, the idea that a threat actor does the entire kill chain is kind of a deprecated idea. That was like, you know, the, the early, late 90s, right? And, so, and don't get me wrong, like some nation state sponsored actors like Lazarus or whatever, uh, APT41, like they're going to do the whole kill chain, but that's like a, that's like a mission they're executing in general, like cybercrime. They're not doing it. So there's an entire marketplace for initial access. The people who are sending the phishing emails out, the people sending the smishes, the people investing in malvertising, right? Once they get the access, they sell it, right? Okay, like I'm a ransomware threat actor. I'm a LockBit affiliate, whatever. I get access. I log into CatGPT's exchange account. I log into Kimberly Can Fix It's VPN account, and I'm, I'm in the network. And then I do whatever I want. Info stealer, move laterally ransomware, data wiper, whatever, business email compromise. It, it doesn't matter. The, the crime doesn't matter. The point is there is a market need for initial access. Now, what this group is doing, again, uh, this is straight business, right? Straight, straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. How do you take it to the next level from a business perspective? So one of the other things that is a big problem for threat actors, and we just, we see this with, um, the larger ransomware threat actors. We just saw it wildly with, um, oh my God, who did uh, the Move It breach? It wasn't Conti, it was um, Klopp. Klopp ransomware gang just infected like thousands, or not infected, but like did ransomware and data Excel on like thousands of victims at the same time. And they had to go through all of the, the data and figure out who was what, right? Sometimes if you cast a wide net, right? and you catch a thousand victims, well, if I'm a struggling business, I'm not really a good victim because you, like, you're gonna screw me over, but like your time of taking me, taking me down isn't going to help you get paid. But one of your other thousand victims is a mid-sized credit union that's really making gangbusters money or it's Caesars Resorts, which is gonna pay you 15 million, right? So because of that, it's valuable to a threat actor group to know who their victims are, know what their annual revenue is, know if they're a good target. Dude, you could potentially, this is hilarious, you could potentially be compromised and you don't suffer a full-blown incident because your business sucks. And like the, 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 the threat actor's like, it's not worth my time. This thing is a dumpster fire. I'm not touching it which is the ridiculous way, and you should not approach that as your cybersecurity strategy, I'm, I'm just saying, but th that does happen. So this threat actor basically doesn't just sell initial access to you, they have done the due diligence and the research to tell you what industry the, th the victim is, how much revenue the victim is, and this better informs and makes that product, that initial access, a more valuable commodity to the dark web and to the threat actors who are going to buy that initial access and go down that path of, you know, monetizing it basically by attacking a victim. So, you know, again, I, I don't support criminal activity. I don't recommend becoming a threat actor, but in this 
you know, macabre dance that we do between good guys and bad guys and defenders and attackers, occasionally you got a hat tip and say, hey, this is a savvy business move. All right. All right. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see more more groups doing this because it's just a valuable asset. All right. The HUT suffers a data breach. Ooh, the HUT. The Australian arm of Pizza Hut confirmed it was hit with a cyber attack that resulted in the theft of physical addresses and order preferences of 193,000 customers. The CEO of Pizza Hut Australia said in an email to customers sent Wednesday, the attack that happened in early September was a result of, quote, unauthorized third-party access to some of the company's data, end quote. Also taken were email addresses, contact numbers, and for registered accounts, encrypted credit card numbers and encrypted passwords. All right. Just a reminder. Couple things here. One, I haven't had Pizza Hut in like a decade. I, I, I really like Pizza Hut. Of all the chains, this is like a free tidbits Tuesday. Of all like the pizza chains out there, Pizza Hut to me is the only one like worth getting like i don't like domino's is trash papa john's is trash um you know i i even i even think mellow mushroom is a bit overpriced but like pizza hut the deep dish those red cups guys you remember the red cups and like they're they're like dimly lit dull glow dining rooms like the the the, the roof the hut man it takes me back takes me back to the 80s the hut okay okay so i say jeff and pizza and I'm, I'm pro pizza hut and all of a sudden like a third of the simply cyber community is like deuces we're out we're taking our gifts and we're taking our dominoes and we're out of here baby okay so check it out a uh, couple things i want to point out to this um obviously the immediate thing 193,000 customers affected that probably Pizza Hut's going to send them a notification saying that privacy and security is really important to them. Here's two years of identity theft protection. Rinse and repeat. Not good. I don't understand what happened here. Whether it was, uh, um, it says a hack, but you know, you tell me if a hack was because of a misconfigured database and someone walked right in. Default creds, cyber, whatever. Um, the the more interesting thing here to me. The more interesting thing to me here is that it's in Australia and guys, Australia has been trying to like, you know, buck up and rear up like a big deal. Um, the last maybe year or so there was, uh, I bring it up every time, um, Australia comes up. There was, a uh, some incidents last year in 2022 where like the largest healthcare provider or something like that in Australia got hit. And then the largest telecommunications provider in Australia got hit. And then like Australia, like knee jerk reaction, like getting a little mallet on the kneecap at your doctor's physical, like reacted and like passed this legislation that like if you if you got breached, you were going to get like hosed. And I and I still have yet to see any organization really feel the wrath of that. But I want to tell you that one particular community member who who is probably in chat right now lives in Australia and he actually sent this to me yet. Uh on the 20th, which is two days ago. He sent this to me two days ago. Okay. Australia to build six cyber shield to defend its shores. But what you really need to take out of this is that they are threatening Australia's passing legislation to say, um, it CEOs. Now this, I guess this would be in 2030. 
Uh, but what they said here was that uh, failure to carry out a director's duties in Australia could leave board members liable for losses or subject to civil or criminal penalties. So what Australia is saying is, listen, we're taking InfoSec so seriously that if your company suffers a breach, the board of directors could possibly go to jail. If you want to talk about a stick that can seriously motivate a board from uh, kind of like looking at their phone while the CISO is given a quarterly update or wanting the board to invest into InfoSec, prison time is a way to do that. Now, the final thing I'll push back on that, I, I guess what I'm saying is, as a United States citizen, I look at Australia from across the water and I say, man, from a regulatory and legislative perspective, you guys are damn serious. But, you know, I haven't seen any teeth yet. I haven't seen any, 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 any real consequences for anybody or any business that did get caught breaching those regulations. So the, the jury's still out, but it is something I'm watching. James McQuiggan, chess tournament and blind pizza tasting coming to Wild West Hackenfest. Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's, Little Caesars. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, thanks for the super chat, James. Did we just become best friends? Yep. I guarantee you I could tell you which one is Pizza Hut out of all those. I'd probably be able to tell you Little Caesars, too. Um, but, God, I, don't even make me eat Papa John's pizza. Like, is it even tomato sauce, what they're putting on there? All right. Um, so where are we? We're at 8.57, rounding out the hour perfectly. Guys, if you were here just for the news, thank you so very much. I hope you got uh, value from the stream, entertainment or education. I know the networking and the chat uh, was lively today and super awesome. We got about 330 people today, so solid. Great work this week. For those of you who passed a cert, got a new job, Congratulations, you guys are straight crushing it. I'm a huge fan. Um, it's a Friday here, so we got the weekend. I got some family plans this weekend. I'm super excited about it. I've been working my A off um, a lot lately, um, and I'm looking forward to reconnecting and recharging uh, and just having some fun time with the, the wife and kiddos. Now, guys, if you were here just for the news, I bid you good day. Have a fantastic weekend. But if you'd like to hang out, we now pivot over to a section called Jaw Jacking, which is way more chill and way more cool. And it's like an AMA and it's a good time. So let's get into it. I'll see you guys on the flip. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Jaw Jack, and I'm your host, Jerry Guy, a.k.a. Dr. Gerald Dozier. We're all about good times here and uh, fighting about pizza. <laughs> but I hope everyone's doing well. I, dude, great week, great week, uh, solid. Um, just as a, a, a shout-out uh, to the mods, I thought about this earlier today. I'm going to be sending out a message. We need to do a dry run of the tech stack and the delivery, operational delivery for Simply CyberCon. I'm going to try to find a time in the next two weeks because it's going to require three Zoom sessions, two YouTube channels, a lot of coordination. Uh, Discord will be involved. It's, it's going to be, it's not impossible. It's not ridiculously complicated, but we need to run a dry run um, for 30 minutes. I'll coordinate with everybody there. 
All right, let's talk. Let's talk. What's up, Silent Hawk? Guys, Sherry, um, I didn't see your message, but I, we're, we're going to get you sorted out. Um, who accepted the uh, challenge? Austin Crouch. Austin Crouch, looking forward to your post, my friend. Can't wait. Leon Elliott, for Simply CyberCon, will it be live streamed, and do we have to purchase a ticket for it? Okay, the answer is yes, it is live streamed. Yes, it will be available on replay if you want. Okay, it's going to be live streamed on Simply Cyber and Simply Cyber Cafe. Two tracks, two channels. It will be available. Now, it is it is a completely non-profit um, conference, okay? You do not have to pay for it. You, we do ask if you'd like, you can register. Where is it? Where's the registration? You can register right here. Leon, and if you would like, you can, you can, you can, you don't need a ticket to show up, right? It'll be live. You just show up. If you want to basically donate or make a donation, um, you can, I think we were asking $25, but, but the money that goes into this is going to go towards either like raffle prizes during the stream or pay for uh, shirts for the presenters or like we're like we we I had to buy like the domain name and uh, we got some software. Uh, it was like a couple hundred bucks that that might go to cover those costs, or I might just absorb it. It doesn't really matter. But but the money is going to go back into the community. That's the TLDR. So the answer is, it will be live. It will be accessible to everybody. It is nonprofit, so we're taking no uh, revenue from it. No one's getting paid for their time. No, it's a completely uh, volunteer. And you don't need a ticket, but if you want, then this is available to you. Okay. Jose Alfredo. Oh, hold on. Yeah, exactly, Kimberly. We, we will need everybody. Uh, Jose Alfredo, I'm looking for my earbuds. Has anybody seen them? What? Uh, Steven Mount. I got called for two interviews that I didn't even apply for. <laughs> I <laughs> Awesome. I got called for two interviews I didn't apply for because of the LinkedIn increase because of Simply Cyber Community Challenge. This is what I'm saying, guys. Listen to me. Listen to me. I cannot promise you a job. I cannot promise you a job. But what I can tell you is professional networking unlocks doors. I have not... I didn't even interview for my last two jobs. I literally had people, businesses reach out to me and say, what will it take you to quit and come work with us? Networking is so powerful. I know multiple people who have jobs that were never posted. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, guys. Think about the hiring manager's point of view. They have a need today. They got a new rec position opened up. That somebody just quit and they, it's a critical position. I need someone in the seat as soon as possible. So if I know Jordan BC can do the work, I'm going to call Jordan and be like, dude, you still looking for work? Cat GPT, you still looking for work? Shall we play a game? Let, let's, let's get together. Like, what do you need? Like, the position pays 95000 Is that going to work? Like, it's remote. You, cool? Like, whatever it is. Yes, yes, yes. Two weeks later, you're in the seat. Like, it's so valuable. So congratulations, Stephen Mount. And thank you for... Um, testifying on the impact of the community challenge and by the way good luck on the um, on the interviews I hope I hope they're good jobs 
Chris M, we are currently t listening to the midnight. Um, we're currently listening to the midnight, and the song is called Los Angeles. Let me show you. If you don't, if you know me, then you know I love, I love the midnight. It's pretty much the only band I listen to. This is the song we're listening to right now. It's so freaking good. It's so good. <laughs> this is actually my favorite song of all of them, too. Uh, yeah, reminder, if you want, um, if you like the uh, the shirt I'm wearing and you want to sponsor, again, it's nonprofit, so these are priced all the way down to as, as cheap as we can make them. Uh, you can get the Simply Cyber shirt. You can get your baby. Wear it. Baby base case could be repping. Right, hoodie. The hoodie's looking tight. If I didn't live in the, uh, like, if I didn't live in hot soup ten months of the year, I would get this hoodie. All right, what do we got here? Ca oh, casually, Joseph dropped a super chat. Hold on, where are we at? Where are we at? Duke, Duke, Duke. Uh, casually, Joseph with the super chat. We know how Jerry likes it. He likes eating Pizza Hut while looking at GIFs, graphics in your jeans format. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Thank you. Thank you, Casually Joseph. I do. I do. Uh, but by the way, my name is Jerry, right? So I should be pro-GIF, right? Right, guys? It's not Gary, guy. Come at me, brah. What are we doing? Where's... Okay, let's keep going. Thank you for the super chat, Casually Joseph. Um, let's see. Um... Do we get a sound check before our talk? Going to use some stuff. Yeah, so Marcus Kyler. Um, Marcus Kyler and the other people who are um, speaking at Simply CyberCon, okay? Like really quickly. Look at, I just want to show you all these amazing speakers too. Look at all these amazing speakers. Chuck Saps in here. Marcus Kyler right here. Look at this guy. Boom. Knowledge bombs. Kimberly McKnight. Boom. Knowledge bombs. ChatGPT. Boom. Knowledge bombs. Dan Reardon, a.k.a. Haircut Fish. Boom! Knowledge Bombs. Dude, where's my Oprah emotes? Where's my Oprah? You get a Knowledge Bomb. You get a Knowledge Bomb. You get a Knowledge Bomb. Dude, so much knowledge drops. What we're going to do is there will be three Zooms, right? There will be track one, track two, and then there'll be a green room Zoom that Base Case is going to be running. So, Marcus, like, say you go on at 1 o'clock, right? You will um, join at, like, say, 12.30 and go through audio, video checks and stuff like that. If you want to um, do AV checks, like, you know, a week before, we could certainly do that. But it's just so many speakers to coordinate. Um, and most people in 2023 have done Zoom a million times over. So we're not really super concerned about tech uh, being an issue like that. Uh, hold on. I got a super chat here from Thomas Forbes. Planning to finish your GRC course in Google CyberCert by December. What are some alternative names for GRC roles? First of all, did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much for the super chat and Thomas for being a squad member. Uh, as far as GRC roles go, here's what I would say: risk analyst, auditor, security analyst, cybersecurity analyst, um, FISMA auditor, compliance auditor. Information security awareness analyst, um, Alana, Alana Boyajian. If you have other uh, thoughts, I'd love for you to drop them in chat around GRC roles. Um, 
governance analyst, um, HIPAA, and like, you know, now you're starting to get into specific like frameworks, but like, or not frameworks, but like regulations, like HIPAA analyst. Um, you might, I mean, privacy analyst is in there, which is outside InfoSec, but like sometimes it'll, they'll, they'll, they'll wrap it as privacy, but it'll be more than that. What's up, QDEP? Thanks for the squad. Lazara Rivera is asking, oh, Lazara Rivera with the super chat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Uh, about to try to sleep off COVID. Oh, sorry, Lazaro. Take care, fam. And Dr. Ozier, appreciate all you do. Good, sir. Yeah, dude. Hey, thanks for the super we chat. Become best friends. Yep. And do we have something that could be good? Oh, hey, Lazaro, as far as your COVID goes. Catch me outside. How about that? Yeah, let's take that COVID outside. Slap it around a little bit. Feel, feel better, Lazaro. It sucks. Oh, hey, Danovan Price asks about the Spotify again. Okay, so thank you, Danovan. So check it out, guys. You may or may not know this. But this podcast, the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, we rip the audio out and we make it available right afterwards. It, you can get it on Spotify. You can get it on Apple Music. You can get it on... Um, like basically all the major podcast apps of choice. Now you'll notice that it the last one was September 18th and today is September 22nd. I've had multiple people ask about this. Um, I was having somebody help me with this and they stopped. Now in, in what is going to sound incredibly ridiculous, I can't recall, I, I, think, I think Estella was doing this for me, but I'm not sure. I, I couldn't maintain this because it was just too much work. So um, obviously the process is broken. Um, I'm going to um, I'm going to um, get this back up and running and get somebody to help me. But that's why it's been down. I, I, like somebody was helping me with it. They're no longer helping me with it. I didn't know <laughs> until you told me. Uh, so unfortunately, um, I will get this sorted out um, post haste. All right. So I'm sorry. But it, a lot of people don't know we do this. I, I do this. Um, actually, I do this as a, as a community service because I know some people are at the gym or mowing the lawn or listen to it in the car and you can't do YouTube very easily. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we do this. Um, also, I just want to let you guys know, as I begin to launch new podcasts starting in the new year or bringing existing... Uh, podcasts under the Simply Cyber banner. So that's kind of a cool thing. There's a cup. There's one specific existing podcast that's on another platform with a different media group that's in conversations to coming over to Simply Cyber. Um, so uh, that'll be made available through this as well as the podcast, as well as Cyber Starters, which is going to start in 2024. We got a lot of things, guys. Remember, if you, if you attended the all-hands meeting on um, September 7th, I think, I showed you the Simply Cyber business, right? There's cyber education and there's media and they intersect. The media is where like the new podcasts go and sponsorships and stuff like that. So really excited. Uh, remember, December like 6th or 7th is the next all-hands meeting. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you uh, about that after, Kimberly. All right. Um... Let's see. Any information on telecom and network security engineering info? Like, what do you know to know? What skills is needed for this position? Is it a good position? 
Uh, all right, so this is coming from LinkedIn. Joven Townsend. So, Joven. All right. Hey, Migdalia. Have a good one. We'll talk to you. Thanks, Divine Dream. I appreciate it. Um, network engineer, network security. I mean, obviously, you want to have networking background, right? You want to understand how packets flow around, ACLs. You should be familiar with configuring firewalls. You can, like, get practice with IP tables, which is free. Um, I don't know of, like, other free firewalls, but you should be familiar with that. Um, I mean, you can do, like, packet inspection. You can do a stateful firewall blocking. You can do it just at, like... A little bit more basic like at the protocol level uh telecommunications when you're saying telecommunications jovan I, I don't know if you mean like the telecommunications industry specifically or just telecom data running through a network and being network security of telecom data so definitely basically you need to be a network engineer and then apply your skills to securing the network that that's basically what um what that is. And also you might want to be mindful of um, like network segmentation is a good thing to get smart at. All right. Uh, we got a super chat from Lazaro. Oh no, we already saw that one. Um, casually Joseph, Jerry, can you throw on crystalline? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, we could do that. Here we go. I'll even I'll even goose the the, the uh, music a little bit here casually Joseph. Thanks for the explanation. I listened to it in my car. Very helpful. It's pronounced Donovan by the way. Oh, thanks Donovan. Yeah, I appreciate it Donovan. Um it's just it's just one of those things like, you know, I I don't know if I look like I got it um organized and all figured out up here or not, but like some things I've got going on really well and some things are kind of like frayed at the edges, right? And and like the podcast is one of those things. Jenny, is, is Neil live right now? Is he going live right now? We can raid uh, Cyber Insecurity at 9.30 if you guys want. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jessica Probst. PF Sense, uh, I've heard of, and that's what I was thinking of. PF Sense, OPN Sense, I'm not familiar with, but definitely giddy up on that. Uh, Gary Sergiotis says he was in the middle of John Strand's miter course yesterday when I had to step away to take a phone call to accept a job offer I've been waiting for. Yes, 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 yes. Guys, if you don't know Gary Sergiotis, wonderful community member, cybersecurity professional. He's in the, uh, I think, hospitality to cyber video. And... He just shared with us that he got uh, a job that he was uh, waiting for starting next month. Gary, my man. I just, sorry, I just dropped an F-bomb. That's really unlike me. Uh, um, amazing, super hot, super awesome, super pumped, super excited. Like, great guy, great community member. Just awesome, dude. So awesome, so happy for you. I like how I read that. <laughs> I like realized what I was reading as I was reading it. Oh my gosh. So cool. Guys, I'm done with AG1, by the way. I've got two more bags of powder left. I'm going to cancel. I am not a fan. I think it's more about marketing than it is about efficacy of, of, of whatever it is I'm drinking here.
Oh my god. Nice. You guys, come on. This saxophone. The saxophone. Come on, guys. Like, it's a good, like, the, the saxophone. It's pants off. That's what I'm saying. Rick Fair noises. Oh. Oh, you know what? We could do a um, Rick Flair. Woo. Sound effect. We got it. Hold on. That's a really good idea. Oh, by the way, I was going to put the Johnny Lee Miller um, Hack the Planet emote. Uh, Johnny Lee Miller Hack the Planet emote, but we uh, we don't have enough members to unlock the next level. Um, I think we, we had like 370 members drop off last month. I'm not, I'm not asking you to join, okay? But if you do join as a Simply Cyber community member, you do get access to the squad emote tray. Your name turns colors. You get the cool like Simply Cyber logo badging. It's, it's, I think it's either $2 a month or $5 a month. Uh, I put both of them in there to be you know, fair for everybody. Uh, if you're interested, sign up and become a squad member. Um, and once we get enough members, we can, um, we can add the emote. The, the thing is, like Barricade Cyber and some other people do a really, really, really great, uh, great job and very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Charitable job of sponsoring other people for a month. But after the month ends, all those uh, memberships fall off, and and like the the number dips dips down. So we can't, I can't right now. I can't add someone, uh, basically. But I can add a new sound effect. So give me a second on that. I'm about to do this. I'm super excited here. I'm gonna add a new emote to the to the. Uh, hold on one second. Let's let's beta test this, guys. Let me know what you think. It is a Friday, so we're we're straight kicking it up here uh, on stream. And by the way, hopefully you guys stay with us at 9:30 Eastern time. So in 12 minutes, we are going to raid. Neil Bridges' cyber and security stream. That's always a good time. Here we go. New sound effect coming in hot. You ready? Ready? All right. What do you guys think? This is a Ric Flair woo. Let me know if you like it. Okay. Let me know what your thoughts are on that. Uh, Bill Boston, I don't know how to upgrade, honestly. Um, I appreciate that you'd like to upgrade your squad membership. Uh, I, we could Google it, I guess. Send them my way for unintentional earbud question. <laughs> Thanks for the news. Have a great weekend, Joseph Dayhair. Absolutely. Uh, Shuttle Crab. Macho Man. I love it. I'd like to join, but Google won't let me pay. Well, Luke Canfield, I appreciate you uh, wanting to, to join. I do appreciate that. And great having you in the uh, community. You guys like the woo? Okay, Tim Ferrari likes it. Lyle Merton wants it louder. Okay, hold on. I can I can bump it up a little bit. Hold on. All right, we were at 50. We're going to go to 60. Ready? All right, that was 60. Here's 70. <laughs> so funny. Here's 80. I don't know. 80 is pretty good. What do you guys think? 80 or you want to go you want to go you want to go ham on this thing push it to 11 that's 90 percent that's that's 90 percent 
Oh my god, so good. Yeah, big '80s guy. I'm a big '80s kid. Grew up on, grew up on Transformers, GI Joe, uh, no seatbelts. Dad smoking in the car with the windows up. <laughs> sitting in the sitting in the uh, the jump seat that faced backwards in the um, station wagon. Right, riding your bike, <laughs> coming back when the, si- the the traffic lights are on. There we go. That's 90. Here, let's I'll, I'll goose it back down to 85. Okay, so Ross and uh, Kimberly and others are saying 80. So here we go. This is 80. This is our official new sounder for the stream. 80. All right. We'll keep we'll keep we'll keep tuning it up. All right. I hope everybody had a great week. I know Gary had a great week. I had a great week. <laughs> My wife gets so annoyed when I woo out of nowhere. That's funny. I lived in the back space and seat. Yep. Shall we play a game? Um, guys. Um. Yeah, mom drinking a beer on the way. I don't. I don't what is this? Socialism? Tell me I can't drink a beer after working a shift <laughs> while I'm driving home. Oh my God! You know what? You know what cracks me up? Some some of the youngs won't know this one, but like back in the day, you could smoke in restaurants, and like, literally there'd be like a smoking section and a non-smoking section, but it was in one room. So like, the idea of a smoking section was ridiculous. Like the whole restaurant was a smoking section. Um. Oh, you can't do that on television. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, here's a live looking. This is really funny. This is live looking. This is uh This is every This is every 80s kid in their grandparents' car who's smoking. Like, please put the window down. Just just for a minute. Can you put the window down? <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, what a way to end the week, y'all. Oh, the Domino's Noid. I forgot about that. Like, the Domino's Noid had, like, a Nintendo video game. Oh, guys, hey, here's a little teaser. Alan Norris, free membership from yesterday as soon as I figured out how to extend. Now that my wife's car is paid off, way to go. First of all, Alan, congratulations on paying off the car. Second of all, thanks for the squad membership. Third of all, what's up? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Hey, um, guys, I want to share something with you really quickly, okay? Um, I did not talk to James about this, James McQuiggan, but chances are, hopefully he's already like dropped, so he doesn't know this. Um, check this out. I wanted to share this with everybody. Um, James and I are talking at um, Wild West Hacking Fest. This is our slide deck. We've already, we've already locked it in, so if you want to listen to me and James talk at Wild West Hacking Fest, please come to our talk. It's going to be super engaging. And the reason I bring it up is because it's got a 1980s Nintendo theme throughout. Okay? So, little teaser, little teaser. Don't tell James I showed you, okay? Don't let him know. But, dude, it's going to be all 80s. It's going to be so epic. The Transformers is... Hey, actually, you know what? Let, I'm going to play a Midnight song. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's smacks with... Um, 
80s references. Guys, you're going to love this. Stay with me right now really quickly. You're going to love this. I'm actually going to stop stop the music because you guys are going to love this. And um, Casually Joseph definitely knows what I'm about to do. But for those who don't, you're going to love, love, love this. Oh, yeah. Ready? Is this it? Uh, no, here it is. Listen to this. You guys are going to love this. Get hold of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Today, call for the real. New Kool Aid coolers with 20% juice. The Transformers will return after these messages. Welcome to Blockbuster Video. Blockbuster Video. Take it five. Try and stop me, tractor. Grizzly bears are dangerous. Vehicles each sold separately with two figures. Batteries not included. Atari Games has brought you a constant stream of steady hits. Video games which have had the excitement and depth to keep All right, hopefully you enjoyed that. That that is called Saturday Mornings and it's an interlude on the Midnight Kids album and it just smacks with Saturday morning 7 a.m. Your parents aren't up. You're not waking them up. You make yourself a bowl of cereal. You turn on the TV, which like had three channels and you had to turn the dial. And those commercials, man, the, you know, Transformers will return. Uh, batteries not included. New nerd cereal. Yeah, mask. I remember mask. Yeah, it was good. This song's awesome too, by the way. I love this song too. Uh, Wiz Kids, you remember 321 Contact? I think that was a PBS show in the United States. <laughs> Simply Cyber Traffic Keeper, yes, Chuck Sap. <laughs> I love it. Blockbuster Video, you guys will never know. You'll never know. Dude, you used to have to get in your car, drive to a store to, to rent a movie so you could watch it that night. And if you were lucky, it was in stock, right? Like, you'd get there and it'd be out of stock, and you're like, ugh. Like, ugh. And then you'd have, like, <laughs> you'd rent it for four bucks, and then you'd have, like, $30 in late fees. I feel like that's what Blockbuster's business model was. It wasn't about renting movies. It was about, like, uh, like shaking down people for late fees. Sherry's saying in the 70s they did westerns on Saturdays. Go to the car dealership. <laughs> that's right. Hey, Michael Andrewsy, good to see you. Hashtag Passive Observer. The Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, Carmen Sandiego was like a video, uh, a game show for kids. And it, if you won, if you won the game and you made it to the final round, Carmen Sandiego, you would get hints of like different countries. They would pick a continent and they would give hints to what countries. And you'd have to go run, stick like a little pin on the country. And I swear to God, it, like if you got Asia or Europe, you were like good to go. And if you got Africa, those kids never knew what country, the countries were in Africa. Thundercats is interesting, Will Reed. I was a big Thundercats fan. What's really interesting, there's a YouTube video of like 10 things you missed as a kid or 10 things only adults know about Thundercats. Uh, that's really interesting. 
uh, on YouTube, worth worth checking out. Oh, Star Blazers, that's a deep cut. <laughs> All right, guys, we're about at 9.30. Guys, I really, really enjoyed going down uh, memory lane here and nostalgia. Such a great way to start the Friday, such a great way to start the weekend. Be good, everybody. Whether you're an 80s kid or you're a millennial or, or you know, baby boomer, whatever. Like, we're all we're all here to have a good time and sharing the love. Thanks also very much for being here. Love the jawjacking. Let's go ahead and, uh, if you guys are interested, let's go raid uh, Neil Bridges. I'll tell you how to do that in a moment. All right, this is Neil. Hold on. This is Neil Bridges right here. Right here. This guy right here is Neil Bridges. I'm going to drop a link in chat. If you would like to, go to Neil Bridges' stream. It's called Cyber Insecurity. He's a great guy. And do simply, um, uh, hashtag simply, my friend, simply cyber, hashtag simply cyber, and throw a raid in if you want. Be good, everybody. Thank you all so very much. And until Monday at 8 a.m. Eastern time, stay secure. I'll see you over on Neil's stream really quickly. Simply Cyber Raid, let's go. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you.